to my dead parents this is Bree Helders <laughs> today I have Will Hines on say hi hi my name is Will thanks for having me Bree uh thanks for coming thanks for what a um jarring title hmm do you know why you're here <laughs> uh yeah no I mean I, I like it it gets right to the point yeah I also it's weird to say welcome to and well, then welcome my to parents. my dead parents I um I love every every person I've had on I have to look at their face when I say that oh <laughs> just for the <laughs> just for the reaction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell us why you're here. So I'm here because I have a dead parent. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Bree and I have talked about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, my mother died when I was 16 uh, of cancer. She was 40. And it was a real drag. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I'm 48 now, so it's been quite a long time. But still, still sometimes it hits me. Yeah, and I've gone through a huge my relationship to it, and how it like functions in like the narrative of my life has changed a lot. Like when I was eighteen, it was like dominant, huge part of my day to day experience. You know, by the time you're thirty, it's much less, but then still somewhat. And um, and I had you know, and I've noticed, uh, and one one reason why I like that you're doing a podcast about it is. Uh, it's such a, it's traumatic when you lose somebody close to you, uh, or affecting. Um, but it's also super common, you know, lots of people have that loss and if they do, it does end up becoming a big part of their lives a lot. Yeah. So it's, it's a a thing that makes you feel lonely, but also there is like a weird club you get into, which is like the dead, the dead parents club, the dead parents club. Um, I, I commonly, I I've been heard around LA calling it, uh, just the world's shittiest club. Yeah. You just, once it happens, you, you look around at these, a lot of times people that you already knew even that are like, Hey, I have a dead parent. And now I'm doing that with people. I I just sat down with my friend, uh, who's called celestial, which is, a that's, great name. That's, that's the name. That's wow. her name, Celestial. Uh, and I just was sitting down with her um, because she lost a parent and we weren't that close. It was just somebody that I knew, but I immediately yeah. was like, this is what I have to do. And I reached out and was like, hey, I I also have a dead dad. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you need to talk to somebody who knows what this is like, because that is the loneliness, right? Is every all of these people that are coming up to you, you know, at the funeral or right after it happens yeah. or, or just people in your life that are like, I'm so sorry. And, you know, you're going to be strong or any any sort of like yeah. words of wisdom is like, fuck you. Yeah. You don't know that I'm going to be OK. How would you possibly know what this pain feels like? So it's really <laughs> I, I feel nice. bad for people, those funerals, though, because like, what do you say? Like, oh, I, of course, I, I remember being 16 at my mom's funeral and just like when a young person dies, she's 40 and super popular. Like, the funeral is jammed. Like, if somebody is 85 and dies, I can imagine it might be a sparsely populated funeral because a lot of their peers might be gone. You know, yeah. family is, you know, their their world might have been pretty small, maybe. Um, but, like, you know, this, this, this funeral home was, like, jammed with people. And I was aware that they didn't know what to say to the kids of their friend yeah. who was gone. And, like, we didn't know what they what we wanted them to say to us. And I think everyone a, has different triggers yeah, as like, well for like what kind of, I, I just wanted to get it over with. I was just like, I hate that I have to be like publicly presented yes. to a crowd of people. Mm-hmm. Like I'm already bad at this. <laughs> now yeah. I'm like particularly like not suited, but I, but most people were like, you could tell like in their eyes, they don't know what to say. They, they want yeah. it to be good for you. And the, what do you, what do you say? And, and I think it is a very genuine and sweet thing that they want. They obviously want to say something. Definitely. That's some people are like, uh, if you need anything, thing. give me a call. And I remember thinking like, why would I call you? Like people <laughs> were saying that I was like you, who I've never <laughs> talked to before. Like, what if I call that person the next day and be like, Hey, math is freaking me out. What it, can you give me a hand or like, yeah. who should I ask to the prom? You said it. You said, <laughs> you said, to call. you said I could call. You said I could. <laughs> Um, um, I did. Yeah, I had. There were some people that I know said that and and really meant it. But you just what can they do? Like, unfortunately, there's not a lot they can, can do. Mm-mm. Yeah, and people do say, "Is there anything? Is there anything I can do? I can do?" Or I is remember there thinking, like, like, "Do you want to move in and raise the or finish <laughs> raising my brothers?" Like, there's there's no little yeah. thing. 
No. The little stuff we can handle. Like the little yeah, stuff I is can, fine. I can make a lasagna. Yeah. I don't need but, I don't, but, yeah, I don't know what I don't I've been in that position and I don't know what to say to people. You know, yeah. and I I kind of don't say anything. I or I just say I'm sorry. Um but I re- I remember being conscious of like there really isn't that much. One friend of mine who uh said you must be pretty numb that's what he said and i remember liking that oh do you know what here's the two best things that anybody said to me after my mom died this is right after right after like i was so i'm 16 in high school Mm -hmm. the she dies on a sunday the funeral is on monday and then the wake is on tuesday or something what i think it was like maybe i'm missing mixing a day soon that's right after maybe it was tuesday i mean like we knew she was gonna die she was like you were already getting planning we- it. Yeah. Okay. It was like, I remember on the Thursday before she died, they're like, it's going to be on the, and the, we're, we're pulling all the plugs. It's going to happen. Whoa. They're like, it's going to, you know, it's like, it's, she's in pain. We're just going to let it, we're going to let her go. Yeah. Morphine or So maybe, that. maybe they knew. I don't Can remember. Can I ask what kind of cancer she had? Started as breast cancer. Mm-hmm. She had it for three years. She had it. And then they did a round of chemo and it seemed to go away. And then it came back. I mean, I might be forgetting some of the timeline. It was a three-year period when we f- when they found it, gave her a mastectomy, removed some lymph nodes, went through chemo, seemed to be gone. And it was intense chemo. She was like sick, lost her hair. But then it seemed to be gone, and she got better. Mm-hmm. And it's like, whew. But then like another year later, it came back in her back did another round of chemo and then we weren't sure if it was gone but it wasn't gone and then it just like took over. Wow. And that so she'd had a double mastectomy like they found it and she, and she was like I think she just had one maybe she had two. She, uh I don't know I'm embarrassed to say I don't remember. I mean it's um, I, I think it's fine that you don't remember. <laughs> I I but but then it was in her back so was it just like a in tumor her lower that... back I remember And then like when it came back the last time they found it in her lungs and that was in, I remember that was in September and it was a quick, a quick, uh, debilit, whatever, like decline. Like by Christmas it was like, oh boy, this is over. She's had like an oxygen tank and was like really sick, but everyone was in denial. It was like, oh, you're going to get better. You're going to get better. But then by the end of January, it's like, oh no, no, she's, she can barely walk. Then in February we're just praying for a miracle. And then in March she died. Wow. So I remember my, I'm in Woodshop. Whatever the timeline of the wake or funeral, the next day that I'm in school, the first day that I'm back, it's like five days later or something. Yeah. And weirdly, I'm glad to go back because I don't want to be at home thinking about it. I'd rather I'd rather just be doing something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I kind of don't want anybody to talk to me about it. Yeah. Um, But I was, I mean, I understood that people wanted to say something or whatever. But like, but this kid Dave Zanvetter was a friend of mine. I mean, I you know, kid I knew in high school. said to me hey will did your mom die and i looked at him i go yeah he goes dude that fucking sucks dude (laughs) 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 and um i I loved it i thought it was like so kind of like weirdly the most emotionally true response you could say it does uh, that's exactly right yes dave it does it does suck suck. (laughs) and it is kind of like it's like what a bummer times a hundred it is. Yeah. A, it is just that. Like no one did anything wrong. Nobody like. Mm-hmm. There was. No, it was just. Just the life. And there's just no one to be furious with. No. It's. It just. It. Yep. It's just a big old bummer. It does suck. It was so it funny that I said that. People do. Ha- people have really strong reactions to like. You know. Yeah. I had a really rough year last year. I lost both of my parents and just began a divorce. Uh, and people are like, what? And I'm like, <laughs> no. you told me that like in one conversation. I, I did. I remember when we met. sitting in an improv class. <laughs> At UCB, and I was like, Bria, what's going on? And you were like, well, I just found out I'm getting a divorce, and uh, and this is X months after my dad died, which is X month after my mom died. And I was like, oh. Uh, <laughs> yep. I needed a Dave Zanvet response there. I should have I said something like, wow. woof, that is. That fucking sucks. That fucking sucks, dude. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a crazy, but people, yeah, people have really reasonably strong reactions to that information. I'm like, yeah, it's a real bummer <laughs> is what it is. Um, yeah, I, I had my my father died in June. My mother died in October. We with my father, it was uh, in the 
in the middle of the night or yeah he died in his sleep he was pronounced dead at i think 9 a.m and uh it was completely out of the blue we didn't see it coming and then yeah. my mother we did see it coming for a few weeks mm. she'd been sick for a while for like a couple years okay. but uh what kind of sickness she had oh this was nuts so she had cirrhosis of the liver but never drank whoa and never had um hepatitis c which is the other thing that commonly um makes you have goes with that yeah it goes with that jesus she never and they it was baffling to doctors she was at usc and the other thing that says is now my her her nephew who is older than me okay he has presented symptoms oh no and so now everybody's family is like what is it genetic like do we all need to get checked and everybody's paranoid the doctors are like no there's no there's nothing that tells us that it would be but i don't know i'm i'm pretty regularly like do i need to stop yeah. having wine because wine's wine's my favorite thing <laughs> <laughs> this is rough um but yeah so that so she'd been sick with that for a while and ultimately that's not how she died though she just that made her sick it made her it made sick and like it made her weak her, but yeah. but then you know she had a rough couple of years where we had two years that was like her mother died her sister slash mm-hmm. best friend died mm-hmm. uh her uh then her father died in like by having by way of having a stroke when he found out about his daughter dying whoa and then he died on her on the day of her funeral and then he died and then uh, fast forward a few months or six months or something and then her husband my father dies yeah so she just had she just was losing everybody and then um and the, and i i think she i mean she basically just died of a broken heart she just i think felt so lost and then just woke up one day like and was losing mobility just just she had ct scans she had mris that Mm. i pushed for and you know her um hepatology team at usc were like this doesn't seem like the liver this doesn't seem like um encephalopathy which is um the symptom of uh of cirrhosis of the liver that you know causes the sort of sort of delirium not really just like it 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 causes you to have like you know weird like slow down and stuff like that uh you go into like almost a zombie state but they were like this doesn't seem like that and yeah and so they kept pushing to neuro and neuro was like we don't see anything and i i just was sitting there i was her health directive and her power of attorney okay and i just was sitting there like i uh, I mean, if you guys didn't stop looking at me, if you yeah. guys don't know, I don't know. I, yeah. I I was like, there's, I was like, there's definitely, she had a stroke. Find yeah. it. And they were like, even if we find it, I mean, we're going to do all these tests to try to find it. It's too late for us to turn back the clock. It, we yeah. can't go back and give her stroke meds. It's been two weeks or whatever. Yeah. So um, anyway, that's a, that was a, a long way of explaining that. She died after your dad. She died out. Yeah. And then I met you in class. Mm. Uh, uh, like I missed the first class because like she three died. Weeks later, yeah. Yeah. And then and then I missed the second class because it was her funeral. Mm. And then I came to class and was like, I feel like I need to explain <laughs> myself. I feel really bad that I haven't I missed yeah. the first two classes and then it sucks because you're like the only one who hasn't been you know, it, in in with everybody. everybody. Stuff, yeah. yeah. Um but I was like, I do maybe have the best excuse yeah, ever. Yeah. Pretty good, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so now how long has it been since your dad died? So we're, 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 what month is it now? We're in May. We're in May and uh Jesus. Yeah, I'm a June? month June, yeah. So 11 months. Yeah. Yeah, I god, I can't flies by, right? It yeah. really does. Like at first it feels so slow. Mhm. Yeah, yeah. Every day is like am can I live my life again now? Yeah. Um and both, I mean, both of them are that way. But I, yeah, with my father, I just, I, uh, it was so, so unexpected. Yeah, it's. I mean, it makes sense to me that like, um, you know, how close or far you feel from it's got nothing to do with time. It's like, yeah, what's going on in your day probably has more to do with it, you know. And like, it, yeah, I've had, um, I can't even remember the first year that well. I mean, partly because it literally was a long time ago. I probably wouldn't remember it regardless of what happened that year. But it also was like just a like your whole world's blown up. Like it's just like everything's different. Yeah. 
but so when would you say that you started to mourn her would you say it was before she died when she died or or it was delayed delayed i um not until i probably got to college wow we uh you know there's no good time to have a parent die i had two younger brothers one was 11 one was nine when she died and so they each had different flavors of trauma because of where they were in their life that was like i got to know her better than they did Mm mm-hmm um uh so but also that's maybe more to lose like she was a more integral part of my day-to-day maybe i don't know how to say it. it's just different it's different needs that are getting unmet yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um so uh more see i think because r- my mm, my dad fell apart also i think the morning was I didn't just lose her. I lost the whole family. Everything was gone. Like everybody didn't know how they fit in anymore. My dad wasn't ready to raise a family. She had really been a proactive, organized Hmm. mom force. So I think even more than other parents, she was uh, a strong central government in the family. Right. And um, so not only did we just miss this human being that we loved, there was nobody like minding the store and that got weird. So I don't think I mourned her because I was like, um, I have to take care of myself. Like everything's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I remember oh, not right. crying like having... at her funeral. And then years later when I was in therapy, I remember guiltily saying like, I didn't cry at my mom's funeral. I must be like a fucked up person. Well. But they were like, and um, it could just be because you didn't feel safe. Like to cry means someone's going to hold you. And it's like, who's yeah. going to hold you? Like, you didn't believe your dad was going to. You were the oldest. You, no other relatives lived in the area, so it's just like you. You're on. You're at war. Like you are ready for. You have to be strong for yourself. Yeah. So I think it wasn't until years later when I felt sort of, maybe in college when I was like away from home, and I got like a nice little circle of friends. That might be when I started to. Yeah, when you like that was that was the first time you felt you safe like, being vulnerable. Yeah, 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 you can sit and relax and feel yeah. listened to and liked. And you had good friends around you that I did. I'd get friends in back. college. Are yeah. you still friends with them? I am. That's good. Yeah. That's great. Um I god, I that is that's something that I thought going through all of this, not so much with my father as with my mother and and my divorce, but uh, I don't know how I would have gotten through the last six months uh, without my friends. And yeah. and w- in regards to my divorce, which I haven't talked about a lot on here because it's not what the podcast is about and also because it's pretty fresh. Yeah. But, um, I mean, w- when some, some stuff went down, I... I wasn't even able to fully appreciate it in the moment, but then when I started to heal, it made me so happy that I actually cried. Mm. That when when shit went down, I called a few people, and within an hour, I had fifteen people in my kitchen. Mm. I had my cousin, my you know, my closest cousin, uh, my sister, her boyfriend, who I've known for a long time, and then and my friends that just all were here and anybody who couldn't make it was like on the phone and was like, I'm staying on speakerphone. Like, and it, and like, I, oh, I mean, how like I want to get teared up now just thinking about, I mean, I, cause I don't have parents mm. and even when, you know, my papa, I was close to in that way. Like that's mm-hmm. who I would have called Yeah, going through my, like that's who he loved my ex-husband so much. And that's who I would have called. Yeah. Um, and 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 I just had a closer relationship with him. And and if I didn't have these friends who literally for a while were like taking shifts to be with me for a few mm. days, I had I I would I mean I just sat on the couch and didn't move and I didn't I couldn't eat. And going through that level of a breakup or or the loss of someone, I, did, pe- people respond to that differently in terms of like how it affects their ability to like get through the day and stuff and I just was sit there and my sister was like have you ever seen <laughs> have you ever seen melancholia no oh there's this scene in it that is like I, I think the movie is worth watching mm-hmm. first of all uh but is there's a Charlie Kaufman movie 
No. I don't think it of a different one. Who is it? It's Lars. Vin- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know of what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have yeah. not seen it. Um, so in it, uh, the, it, I'm not giving much away by saying this, but Kirsten Dunst, her character is going through extreme depression mm-hmm. and her sister is like trying to help her through it. And I, I, that's, I essentially lived that here mm-hmm. where my sister, who's my younger sister, mm-hmm. and I'm always the like, I'm the strong one. Mm-hmm. I'm the one that like, you know, keeps, keeps stuff together and, and I don't know. I've just always been that person for my family. And here I was in this position for a week where my sister was like, take one bite of the soup, one bite. Mm -hmm. And I was like, and I would try and then I'd like spit it up and like Mm. cry into my soup. Jesus. And she was like, you have to, and like, and it, I mean, my, my daughter was sat next to me and was just like, what's wrong? Yeah. And I would, I just, I, I still was brave for my daughter and, but they would like take her to school or I would try to like hide this just how broken I was. I would yeah. try to hide that. And I, I don't think that it's a healthy thing to hide emotions from kids or hide some version of the truth, you know, a kid yeah. friendly version of the truth, because mm-hmm. I, I think that you're just making things confusing for them. Yeah. And I think it's a good thing for them to see what emotion looks like. Otherwise it looks like you just don't respond naturally to things. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. if something like my parents dying, for instance, I, I, I limited how much she saw, me break down with them but i definitely wanted to break down with her and in front of her sometimes and talk about it with her because otherwise she just grows up thinking like when my mom's parents died she never even cried yeah whereas like it is the healthy emotional response to be upset over never seeing someone again yeah yeah gotta yeah how much do you show or boy i wonder so when your friends were over, like, um, here's a weird uh, mechanical question to ask. Like, what do they say? Is it just like, what are you thinking or feeling or? I, some of it was brainstorming, you know, the details of, of, of what happened or whatever, how, because how, it was f- fucking baffling and yeah. no one saw saw this coming. No, no, I didn't see it coming. No one saw it coming. Yeah. And so some of it was that. And then some of it in terms of them being there for me was just like, um, I remember the first night I was sat on my couch and I have a, you know, an L shaped couch mm-hmm. and I was in one area just like sitting down. I just was wide awake all night. So it is was like a blanket. Dad died? No, no, no. This is when, um, this, this is when I was began going through a divorce. Okay. Right. Uh, and, and that was number three in the big, that was number three in, in the big. And one, that was when order? I needed all my friends. Right, yeah. Right. Got it. Got and it. I was just sitting, sitting there and, um, I had like three two girls just like asleep on the couch with me like my two girlfriends and I would just like I they'd they'd wake up and check on me if they heard me crying or something and I would just like look at them and then like looks and they would just like hold me or like or like put their hand on my back and just be like I know like I I know there's not much else you can say and honestly that was just so much better just like because I think the main thing that people want when they're sad or stressed or angry for any reason, like the number one thing that people want before advice is just to know that their emotions are valid. Right. Mm -hmm, It's just mm -hmm. compassion. And, um, I think that's where I would get, that was my line of like, I I didn't outwardly get angry with anybody because like we were saying, like I respect that people are just doing their best, but when people would try to give me advice versus just having compassion for me don't try to solve don't try and tell me this is going to make me stronger i didn't need my fucking parents to die in order for me i'm I'm strong enough can we bring them back (laughs) yeah like i and stuff like that would like secretly like piss me off and i would just be like thank you but inside i was like you fucking demon stop talking to me (laughs) 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 yeah yeah um I'm going to put it in the most emotionless mechanical terms. I think what you need, something that you need when you lose somebody from your life is like, it's, it's, um, okay. So one thing our friends do for us and our, our loved ones, uh, family is like corroborate our like view of reality. Like we, we offload our story of the world onto our friends and family like oh this was good that this happened and then this bad thing happened and then this good thing happened and remember this nice person and then this person that we don't think is so nice like the way you interpret your life yeah your friends are 
in agreement with some percentage of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, you're a you're a this kind of person, and you do this. I mean, it can get too rigid. But I guess what I'm saying is what I what I what I remember losing when I lost my mom was oh nobody knows me, nobody like knows mm. what I want or what I value. I was close with her and I didn't tell other people these things, so nobody knows and nobody seems to care. <laughs> and people have different views. Like my mother was very vocal about like the family, mm-hmm. in a fun way, her her relationship with her sisters and like. My dad's relatives. My mom was like a storyteller and like would weave these stories of all the relatives and stuff. Now she's gone, and I and I didn't appreciate how weird it was that everybody else didn't have those same opinions. Like my dad didn't care about a lot of these people that she would talk about. My friends didn't know them. My mother had a view of my brothers and what kind of people they were, and this all vanished with her. Yeah, and it's like, oh, I have to learn how to hold on to my own story of it regardless of if anybody corroborates it or not. Yeah. Like I have to just say like, oh, okay, this is important and this isn't and this person is my friend and this isn't and it doesn't really matter if anybody else sees it. But I was used to somebody seeing it. Like I, well, if, I, if I think about what, got, what was nice about my friends in college was they were a really verbal talkative group and we all got to know each other like we all just would stay up all night talking and everybody knew each other sick we all knew like our high school experiences and how we got to that college and not that there's anything special about uh, the university of connecticut but just how we got (laughs) to that point in our lives and we all knew everybody's deal with their parents and it was like reassuring it's like oh you guys that's when i think i you feel safe yeah like somebody who knows so you were somebody who can say like oh i i saw that uh, maybe yeah. in a way that's why it was nice when someone with dave zanvitter is like that fucking sucks it's like yes yeah that is what it felt it does like fucking suck. it does fucking suck it does fucking suck or just anybody who remembers her like i had very few very nobody in my life now knows her and oh isn't that such a strange yeah feeling i mean uh, for decades this has been true like even in college those guys didn't know her um i mean you've still got your brothers and you've got yeah. your dad mm-hmm um yeah that's something so that's something you've got people that um yeah that they they become more precious to me for that reason my dad is hilariously non-verbal it is hard for him to share and he gets very emotional about it uh, and i've tried many times to talk uh, we, he has he's shared what he can uh my brothers we're all we're all right at it i'm very close with my brothers they're good friends of mine but the mom stuff the mom gets, stuff's off the table. It gets touchy. Everybody felt hurt, and they're, everyone's a little mad at each other for it. Really? Yeah, like, I think without meaning to. Like, and I have, I would just very sort of mechanically ask my brothers, what do you remember about mom? Yeah. What What do you think she was, what do you, what was she like? Yeah. In your memory? Yeah. And it's almost like I've asked a rude question, and they, they're mad at huh. me for asking, and one of my brothers was like, oh, I don't remember anything. And I was like, well, that, what? That, obviously you don't, that's not exactly true, right? I mean, maybe, but he just didn't want to talk about it. Yeah, or he's just, ba- he just can't think about it. or, or Yeah, something. or maybe it's just, it's one of those things where when you ask for specific memories, they vanish. Like yeah. you have this emotional impression, but you're, you're, you're not necessarily ready to just give a laundry list of stories. Yeah, and they were nine and 11. 11 yeah. yeah. Um. Whew, I mean, I can't, a group of boys. Yeah. A group of boys that were held together by one woman, yeah. and then you pull out the woman. Yeah, it was rough. And you guys just, uh, 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 yeah, that's not surprising at all that you guys just didn't talk about your emotions with each other, oh, and, yeah, no, and probably all were angry to feel so alone in a house full of people. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, here's the thing. My dad hired a woman to move in. Right. What? Like like a nanny. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, not like a I male like, order bride. Is that what it sounded like? <laughs> kind of. Oh yeah, no, like hired like a like a I don't know what you call it. It's like a like a nanny. He ba- a nanny, and yeah. she moved in, and he hired her to raise us. He basically off. He was like a businessman who traveled a lot, and he was overwhelmed, so he kind of just vanished. And this woman Whoa. moved in. Like and how quick? How, how sorry? How quickly? Two after... months later. What? Yeah. Whoa. And she, this is where it gets very complicated. My brothers and I had a very different relationship with her. She, uh, 
she was put in an impossible situation. Um, but she definitely didn't like me. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess I didn't like her and I didn't like the way she did things. And I didn't quite know how to handle that. And I didn't like the way my dad was doing things. And they didn't like that I didn't like it. And then my brothers were so happy to have somebody there. But she could be... Uh, she wasn't like tier one bad, but she was tier two bad where she would like emotionally blackmail them when she was like upset. What? She'd like threaten to leave. My dad was real a skinflint with paying her. So she would like pack up her bags until my brother started sobbing and then he would write a check. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was just sitting there like, mom would hate this. This is yeah. the worst. You guys all just dis disliked this for different reasons. They loved her. Oh. I didn't. My dad, but then later they didn't, they had problems once they got a little older. It separated us in a way. Like yeah. we were, were now in different separate families having our own little story mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that really never got unified. Like if I, if the three of us had such a different experience there that, you know, and so I, the loss of like a loved one is, I mean, to be like a weird computer programmer about it is like you, you're no longer all in the same book. Like you, all the people around the loved ones scatter. Like the, the loss of my mother was also the loss of my family and my brothers and my dad. Yeah. Like new, they, new people took their place who I got to know. Well, she, she just had such a hugely important role. Yeah. And not that anybody is unimportant in a family, but part of a family is that it's, you when you when you get married and you have kids everybody has roles right so yeah so just as like um as as a mother you're you're ideally your husband's best friend mm -hmm. um you mm -hmm. are you have the role of parent um home homeowner sometimes pet owner yeah uh lover friend to your kids parent to your kids yeah um and you've just you've got all of these different roles and some people ha just have more than others and are just taking on a lot more and and when that person steps out of it it you know a, collapses a yeah little. a weird thing is she got so sanctified after she died like we just she was a saint in our memories right but that's not that's true i mean she was a really good person I've got I have nothing bad to say about her but I can I can realize oh ways that um her shortcomings as a parent or something yeah. or things that might have been a reckoning if she'd lived Well no one's perfect cuz she was very like you know how you were saying like a, you didn't want to break down in front of your or you were like conscious of yeah. like how much you did or in what yeah. way or something like she my mom was like that she in that she really wanted the world to make sense to us Yes and I think she was very adept at making light of the right things or making this so that the world was like this safe, happy, sensible story. Uh, but in a way, I think she was controlling and it was like too much. And mm. you kind of weren't allowed to, it might've been hard to see things differently than she did. I, I could imagine if she lived, if I ever said like, oh, I don't think that this friend of yours is a bad person. It would have been like a huge betrayal or something. Yeah. You know, I mean, just in a way of like growing up, like there was never, I, I, I think without the, the flip side of a very involved mom is like you get dependent on the world coming through her. Yeah. And then she's gone. And you have to be like, Oh, I have to go to the world myself. And I have, I am in charge of what I I don't know. I grew up late. I mean, I th I think yeah. I just it froze me for like six years. Yeah, like it wasn't until I was like twenty five that I think I like started acting like a grown up. I think it can, I mean yes, something like that, especially at, at a young age like that, can have either effect, right? You, I, yeah. Some people, it just makes you grow. I had some. I had a lot of childhood trauma, and it made me just yeah. Grow you were up. like grown up young. I grew up so young. I I I mean, I moved out when I was a teenager and I was just very much like yeah I'm just an adult now like I I don't yeah. know and, and that's not down to and that's not that's not down to like you know work or I don't life or anything else but just like I was so prepared for that because I'd been a grown-up since I was like five but yeah but some people have the exact a lot of people I think I think in some ways my sister who I'm very close to and I love uh 
and and this isn't you know a in any way a bad thing for uh, on her at all that I'm saying about her. What are my words? Uh, I'm not trying to say a bad thing about her at all. I think that it the trauma we had as kid had as kids she had the opposite reaction to that yeah. and it made her sort of want to be babied more mm-hmm. and uh and she was the baby and my parents really like this is where so they passed you know with her still having so much to learn she's only a year younger than me yeah but she was very very babied as a kid and it was yeah. almost this the thing like oh she's the baby she's the one that is sitting in a high chair even though she's fucking five like right 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 she loved babies she loved in the tiny spoon because it's the baby spoon <laughs> yeah. I, I was like a year old her like so fucking annoyed by all this <laughs> but um but it but it, it wasn't just in a cute way like it carried into the way that they raised us we, they raised us completely separately and now um i get exhausted with having to be strong all the time i get annoyed without always having yeah. to be strong or I especially i did um and i had to do a lot of work to be able to like say no to people I, I had mm. to do a lot of therapy to be like, other people's problems are not my responsibility. Yeah. People needing help in my family, not always my responsibility. Like, I, I, I don't need yeah. to be the strong all the time, and I don't want to be. I want to be softer. And for my sister, it's it's the complete opposite. And she's 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 great and she's smart and she is a, a grown-up but 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 the way that she deals with trauma is just so different from when our yeah. when our mother passed uh also she adopted like five cats oh really she went from no cats <laughs> to five to five cats and she knows she like i'm not i'm not talking shit she amber's gonna amber you're gonna listen to this she knows that like she's like well i was really sad yeah she's just like so she just keeps getting i'm like another one though. <laughs> another cat you need another one yeah that's um, a lot it's a lot uh we have to <laughs> we have to take a, a brief break all right all right all right we're back <laughs> um i can't believe how recent it's been for you it's very recent i can't believe i i I, I've been saying I'm coming up on a year, but it wasn't until you asked me earlier in the beginning uh, yeah. that I realized that, wow, in a month, I'm coming up on my first year for the first one. And then it's going to be... Yeah. The others, yeah. Yeah. Um, You've talked to me before about anniversaries. Oh, yeah. I was telling you that. Like, um, So I, I quit drinking six years ago because um, I wanted to be the most boring person in the world. No. <laughs> because uh, my life got crazy. And um, so I quit drinking and it was good. So I did like AA and all the 12 step stuff mm-hmm. and which I don't do right now, but I, sh- I, I liked it. It's not for everybody. I'm not, I am not a huge proselytizer of that stuff cause I don't think it's for everybody. And, w- yeah. and sometimes I'll hear people be like, Oh, I tried to do that. And I thought it was bullshit or I hated it. I'm like, I get it actually, but that doesn't, that doesn't bother me. Um, but I, I did like it. I, I met I mean, good I think people you, you probably, and it was good. People come across some like, you know cheesier like like weirdos and and stuff and and you know you're not gonna like i've i've spent some time at some rehab centers mm-hmm. uh for, with family members mm-hmm. and um e- yeah some of the people you're like wow you're real intense yeah i don't think i would respond well to this There's... if i was trying to quit drinking in fact five minutes with you i'm nine and <laughs> i want to drink yeah yeah <laughs> uh yeah there's there's unhealthy people in every community and yeah no matter what the system, there's somebody who can find a way to do it yep. badly or in a toxic way. And also, some people have hugely addictive personalities, and yeah. if they are breaking one addiction, they yeah, need to replace be it with another. Twelve step stuff, and they go all in. Or and they... Jesus, or or yeah, or yeah, yeah. something. There's some, but there's something. And but you know, since I'd cool. already done improv at UCB, I was like familiar with cults. I'm like, I'm in a cult. <laughs> I'm in a cult that has mantras and a weird informal hierarchy and uh, strange yeah. cults of personality and addictive personalities. So mm-hmm. I was uh, comfy. Um, right at home. Yeah. I was like, this one's free. <laughs> like, <laughs> AA, you don't have to give any money. Hey, wait, uh, AA is free? Yeah. They pass a what? hat. Here's, okay, yeah. Here's an interesting thing about AA, I think, that people don't, everyone talks about the 12 steps. Those. That's the famous thing about 12, 12 step programs, right? right? It's like, you know, I am powerless and I want to make a fearless and uh, thorough inventory of my uh, f- fearless and thorough moral inventory. Um, the steps, mm-hmm. amends and, and all the God stuff. 
But what I think is really interesting about AA is the traditions. No one talks about the 12 traditions, which are like they, the people who set it up came up with rules for running an AA chapter. Um, and one of the, and the, and these, the traditions are so ingenious. I actually think they're more valuable than the, the steps in a way, because they say things like, you know, we will not accept outside donations. Uh, every chapter has to be self-sufficient financially, which means that you're never dependent on an outside group and an outside group can't like have influence. And, uh, it's also, you never accumulate money. Like a group, uh, AA chapter is only supposed to have like something like two months of expenses. And then the, you give the way rest to charity. So you never have more than a, just, just the bare minimum in your savings, which means there's no money to screw with people's heads. Like there's not like a savings account with $1,000 that some drunk guy can cash out and go spend. There's a savings account with right. $200. Okay. He could cash it out and go spend it, but then you're only on 200 bucks. Okay. Think think about like the UCB, for example, like what people get tripped up on is the money. Mm -hmm. How much money is this class? How much money does this place have? Who's getting the money? But in AA, there, no one has money. There's yeah. no money in the organization. It's broke by design. Huh. And then I guess that makes that it. That prevents fights. Yeah. And, and it's, it, it makes it less worth challenging. Yeah. There's just like the stakes are lower. It's like, well, yeah, yeah. there's no money. No, my money isn't in this. Nobody's money's in this. Huh. You know, a church donated the meeting space and, you know, somebody buys coffee and that's it. And that's another funny. one is um, the only requirement for membership is a re uh, desire to stop drinking. So like if somebody comes in who's a heroin addict. Yeah. But they're they want to quit drinking you kind of have to let them in if they're not being disruptive if um oh you, so yeah you so he's like no i want to stay on heroin you sort of are like do you want to quit drinking he's like yes i'm like all right i mean it's weird it's not going to work but uh <laughs> we're not going to kick you out yeah like it, there's a basic policy of you can't kick people out if they're going to do the thing yeah that they that this is designed for and it it's sort of like oh you don't like the fact that this person is an obnoxious narcissist uh loudmouth well if he's only speaking during his share and he says he wants to quit drinking you have to put up with him and it wow. just ends the fight because everyone will be like should we get rid of this one guy we get rid of this one guy the room is good and it's like no he, he says he wants to quit drinking so he can't, you never he can't saw anybody get kicked out for any yes any yes only if you're disruptive okay like a drunk somebody will come in drunk and be like interrupting and like pushing people they get thrown out right away Oh wow! That's like if you were disruptive to, to the mechanics to of the meeting. To go to an AA meeting drunk. Well, they get dropped off. Like it's, it's never their idea. It's like an exasperated friend is dropping their friend. It's like go to this fucking AA meeting. Wow, yeah. I mean, I've 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 seen. But some I've seen, real... but I've seen drunk people not get kicked out if they're quiet. Mm-hmm. If they're listening. If they're just like, if you're quiet, what the the phrase that they'll say is like, "All right, you can sit here, but you just can't speak, mm -hmm. and come back tomorrow when you're sober and you can talk." Mm -hmm. We want to hear from you, not the bottle. That's what they say. Oh. But you're welcome to stay here and you Crazy. can come back tomorrow. There's a, there's a lot of like tolerance of weirdos. Oh, and then also anonymity. The tradition is anonymity. Like you're mm -hmm. not allowed. I'm breaking, I'm breaking a tradition right now by talking on quote unquote radio. You're not supposed to discuss AA on TV, radio, or film so that nobody becomes known as an AA guy because they don't want it to be a cult of personality. Like Scientology is like, well, Tom Cruise is a Scientology guy. Oh, oh, I see. John Travolta is a Scientology guy. Who are the AA people? Like you whisper, oh, so and so is an AA, but no one's really known as like an AA person because they don't want there to be cult some of sort personality. Of... Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm coming here because I want to be like this person. Right. They. What an in it's a, that's it's a really smart. smart. Yeah, that's incredibly yeah. clever. So and there's well no cult out. of personality. Uh, the officers have to rotate every three months, so not. There's not the same chairman for more than three months. Mm -hmm. They just they discourage anybody becoming like a star. Um, so there's no money. There's no cult of personality. You're not allowed to kick people out unless they're being disruptive. It just ends all the fights, and everybody just talks about how can we stay sober. It's very focused. And they don't oh. pretend to be good at anything. And you're not allowed to take stance on political issues or political candidates, the, the organization. Like AA would never endorse... A political candidate oh, okay. they're like we're out yeah we're not we don't know yeah we're just about getting sober yeah so I they're mean, smart makes, so these these sense. traditions are interesting to me because 
every AA chapter runs itself, but I've just seen so many times when someone will start to fight, somebody wants to do something. Hey, I know a guy who will donate money and we can go to their place and have this great meeting room with all this stuff. And they're like, no, we can't take money from outside people. End of discussion. Ooh, yeah. And it's good. It so, is good. Okay. So I like it. Because that not, also prevents anyone having more value than anyone else. Yeah, this person isn't the guy who paid for everything. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it is really healthy that way. So it's all, it's very, uh, well, again, it doesn't work for everybody. It's not for everybody. I get it. When it works, it is like this flat hierarchy of people who are just reducing their own ego to get healthy. So, Bree, what I was talking with you about was anniversaries. I yes. do think AA is good at just the mechanics of getting sober. Like, oh, two weeks after you get sober, you're going to like go through a euphoria because all the endorphins that have been pushed down by this depressant are yeah. going to break through and you're going to feel so good. And then that's going to go away a week later and you're going to want to drink. Mm-hmm. So like that's called the pink cloud. So everyone's like, oh, you're on your pink cloud. Be, be ready for Monday <laughs> <laughs> when it goes away and call me on Monday or something. Yeah. And another thing they're they're hip to is anniversaries. They'd be like, oh, you quit drinking on September 27th? Uh, September 15th, you better watch it. You're going you're gonna to be irritable. You're going to be like fed up. You're going to suddenly decide that you should move to another state because your anniversary is coming up and it's fucking with you. And I think it's with grief too. Wow. Because your brain tracks like, oh, this is the day my mother died. Like I yeah. know it's, it's uh, March 1st. And like the end of February, and it's, it's long, long. It's been years since that's like a painful day. But I know it. Yeah. I know when it's coming up. And um, and one of my brother's birthdays is March 2nd. He His birthday was the next day. Oh. I bet. And so, but, you know, middle of February, I'll, I'll, I just kind of track it. Oh, am I getting a little yeah. touchy? Am I getting a little, do I have the urge to call my dad and argue with him for no reason? <laughs> why? Uh, I wonder why that is. Yeah. Um, do I, do I, am I suddenly forcing my brothers to have an emotional conversation with me when I, haven't talked about anything besides comic books with them in 10 months. Oh, it's because that anniversary is coming up. It's true. It messes with you. Do you guys ever do something or do you do something on your own on the day? No, I am. Um, we don't do something. I used to, I occasionally I've tried to call them, but I just feel like I'm bumming them out. I think they yeah. don't either. They don't remember or they don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a huge bummer for me to be like, Hey, did you know that today's the day mom died? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, they don't seem to be <laughs> pleased that I brought it up, so <laughs> I don't bring it up. Um, I mean, that's I I. That's a bummer. Yeah, because I, I, I love I love talking about not l- love, but you know I well, like that like my sister and I can talk experience. about like oh we're thinking about it today. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, she Amber and I will make my sister, who's a year younger than me, uh, will make an effort to do stuff and like on my mother's birthday we you know went out to dinner together not even to just to talk about it but just like hey let's just spend this together yeah and you know and we'll do the same with the anniversaries of their passing and and my father's birthday and we'll we'll try to do something that's like oh let's go to this restaurant for him or or yeah i know that that's what we'll do um for holidays are hard i but I, i think that we kind of keep each other in in check I don't know how long that's going to go on for. I don't know how long we'll be still be doing this stuff because obviously I don't, I don't know. It's kind of nice to do it. I mean, I, I, it's not, I, I have like a moment of like meditation or something about my mother. I'll have just like sitting down by myself and thinking about her. Yeah. It's on, on the anniversary of her death and on her uh, birthday too. But, um, it's not, but I also do that for John Lennon. I do that for John <laughs> Lennon's birthday and death day. I th- I have a moment of thinking about John Lennon. Actually, really? my, my younger brother and I are way more vocal about John Lennon's death than our mother's. <laughs> I'll call my youngest brother on December 7th or 8th and be like, uh, 7th is Pearl Harbor Day, on 8th and be like, what John Lennon song are we playing? And we play a John Lennon song to each other on December 8th. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but we don't do anything on March 1st. It's too <laughs> sad, I guess. Um, but you know, my, my middle brother, who's the one that doesn't really has, has not in the past liked to talk about it when I ask. And I say it like that cause he might just not like the way that I ask. He named his son Cameron, which is my mother's maiden name. Oh, that's really he, sweet. He and his wife basically named their male child after his mom. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I, and I remember being. And he was nine. 
He was eleven. He was eleven. And uh, I remember when he when I when I when he told me what his son's name was, being so moved. I was just like, oh, I, I didn't, I wasn't really aware until this moment if how much it impacted you, yeah. like that that you thought about her. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's huge. Yeah. I mean, I guess of course it makes sense, but. It still surprised me. So young, though, to go through some. I, I, it's always it's really yeah, different. He turned, I say eleven. He actually turned twelve, and then she died a week later, and then the day after she died, my other brother turned ten. But I, I say eleven I, and nine because I feel like I've noticed a bit of a difference in in people who lost one of their parents when they were prepubescent mm. versus when they were teenagers versus yeah. when they were adults. And then versus when they were parents, if 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 they ever, yeah, um, yeah, it's it is it's all different. It's and what they tend to like hyper focus on. So both of your brothers were in a hugely different place than oh, you yeah. probably because yeah, you just had other not just because you were older and in a different position in your family, um, because for, by being the oldest, but also because yeah, I was you were sixteen. I was like my voice had changed and I'd yeah. grown up and I. And I was sort of becoming, I mean, a really sad thing my mother said to me when she was like really sick. She was like, she goes, I can see what you're going to be like as an adult. And I don't really know what they're going to be like. I kind of, I only have a guess. And I was like, yeah, I don't know what to say to that. Mm. Because they, I mean, you, you can always look back at somebody as a child and be like, oh yeah, there, there you were. You, but you're, when you're going the other way, you're not quite sure which of the many versions of themselves they're going to like settle into. Yeah. Um, something so yeah uh, they, they were they were still so foggy as people yeah they were still i mean all of you were s- sort of still figuring it out yeah. i i was very lucky that my parents got to meet amelia um, and they loved her yeah. so 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 much my daughter is, um, um uh, lucky and i keep photos of them in her room and i think she kind of still does but it does you know i talk to a lot of people who lost their parents or or grandparents when they yeah, were at that age, and they're like, I don't, I don't remember them, and it just bums me out. Yeah, she's, of course, she won't. Yeah, she won't. I'm named after my dad's father, who died like nine months before I was born. No. He died like right before I was born. Did you hear a lot about him though? Yeah, yeah, I have, a, I have an impression of him. Although weirdly, I heard more about him from my mom. My dad really didn't talk about him too much, and his mom died when he was six. Uh, there was one grandparent I knew. My mother's mother died when she was in college. So she kind of went through a similar thing. She was like 18 or something when her mother died. And, I mean, we and just... I would hear about th- my mom and her sisters were all really tight. So my aunts, I would hear them talk about their mom sometimes. But yeah. this person I didn't know, person who was gone from since I was around. It's weird the way that works, the way that we just like um, only have the, like they your mom had an entire life before you yeah and you just only got to be a part of some of it yeah i know yeah i only got to know one aspect of her yeah it's weird the way if she had lived i I would i would have been able to know of others parts of it just at least through people talking you know as i yeah well well, the relationship you have with your parents completely changes as an adult if you think of the way that you thought about your father right when you were a kid versus what you see him now like because you being a man have know what adults are and human <laughs> yeah, yeah. know what adults are like yeah uh yeah it's 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 a weird thing and it's a bummer that you didn't get to have Here's that with a messed your mom. Up thing my grandfather I heard this story from my uncle uh about my mom's parents so this is my grandparents right so like my grandmother died of cancer when she well, i don't know how old but when my when my mother was 18 right mm. and can, this is cancer in the late 50s early 60s so terrifying but maybe even relatively new like it's maybe something that's just uh new it's i don't know even they didn't nothing knew nothing about it yeah they just amputated and hoped it went away yeah and but the doctor didn't tell her the doctor only told my grandfather yeah and it was up to him to tell her and he didn't what so she had cancer and didn't know it what yeah he didn't want to bother her or burden her with it. So she had this like lump in her leg or something and they removed it and the doctor told my grandfather it's cancerous and it's in the legs so that's often maybe not bad but we don't understand cancer so I, we don't know. So we'll have to do like, you know, every six months we'll kind of have to do like a check 
and my grandfather was like, okay, yeah, thank you, and then didn't tell her. And then, like, I don't know, a couple years, I don't know what the timeline, a couple years later, she started getting really, really sick, and only then did he tell her. Oh, my God. Yeah. And she was like, I should have been getting checked this entire time. Actually, I have no idea. I don't know how it uh. went down, because by the time I heard this story, my grandfather was also dead. I heard this from my uncle, his son, who did not get along with my grandfather. And yeah. he was basically like, Can't listen to what either. a listen to what a jerk your grandfather was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, um, early- but isn't that crazy? To, can you imagine in a society where the patient doesn't get told yeah. something that serious? Yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not even like, hey, I have information that your wife's cheating on you, so I'm going to tell only you. You do with that what you want. Uh, it's like... She's dying. <laughs> yeah. She's sick. She has something. Something's gone wrong with her body. That's yeah. I mean, I think that that's like, it's I think it was like, pretty common for yeah, I'm sure it was. husbands to receive the information or like if I, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. I think that that was a really that common crazy, thing though? that it was up to the, it was like, or if a woman wanted to have her tubes tied, uh, that she had to have her husband's permission. Yeah. Right. And right. Shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. It's Ugh. crazy. I mean, not that we're talking like early sixties. This yeah. is like, I mean, it's yeah. it's uh it's nuts. Um, yeah, my man, my uncle was happy to tell me that story. It was kind of funny. <laughs> is your uncle still alive? <laughs> he uh, he is. He is. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah. Um, I. So my mom's older brother. My uncle uh is the only my my mother's brother is the only one of those siblings left. My there it was hmm, it was four of them. Uh, Rick. Uh committed suicide when i was seven mm. he was the baby um and then my my aunt as i was just saying passed away a year and a bit ago uh who was her best friend and then my mother died and now it's just kenny and um he has completely distanced himself from the family and mm. i think it's because he can't deal with it yeah. and i think there's also this like he, he doesn't really know there's no one in his life who knew him as a child. Yeah. His parents are gone. His siblings are gone. Yeah. They don't have any cousins or anyone that they're close to, really. Um, there's there's no one that truly knew him as a kid. And all these stories that I grew up hearing about, you know, all of their crazy stuff that they got into. And he and my mother were close and they would get into trouble together. And he would, like, prank her when they were in... Mm. Like I have all of these stories because I was told them a million times, but yeah. I have no one else to pass them on to. Yeah, I mean it's not going to connect for Amelia because she's not going to know, know them. She's people, not, yeah. and she probably won't know Kenny because he's distancing himself and he's probably going to die before she. Because yeah. um, also all of them are. Um, I was raised by a generation up, so yeah. they were in their seventies. Um, my parents. So, but so it's all of these stories that he's like, I, there's no one to tell these stories back to him anymore. Yeah. And I think I, I can't even imagine the loneliness that sets in for you when you're like my parents and all of my siblings, there's no one to tell me the stories anymore. And there's no one to, you, people can listen, but it's not going to click for them the way that it does for me. Yeah. My sister and I talk about our childhood often and the good and the bad and mm-hmm. and it's you and amber yeah and and we talk about like you know the movies that we were we just got practical magic tattoos <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and i can't imagine <coughs> excuse me yeah my brother and i do a podcast about comic books <laughs> where we just talk every episode about the comics we liked as kids that yeah we, that we read together when we were young mm-hmm. yeah um yeah i mean it's gonna it's it's a it's, it's gonna suck if that ever. I mean, I'm older, so I'll probably die first. It's gonna suck to be her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a year older, so I'll naturally. Yeah, yeah, that first. makes sense. Yeah, that that the the math on that checks out. Yeah, that's how that works. That whole year. You yeah. definitely think that as a kid. As a kid, you're definitely like, yeah. well, whoever's oldest dies first. <laughs> I mean, when you're a years, when you're 13 and the kid's 12, that is a huge difference. It was a big difference. Yeah. I was like, stop talking to my friends. I don't want to talk to you. They a did. She's big. cool. They wanted to talk to her. I didn't want them to talk to her. <laughs> she was fine. They they were were not bothered. I was like, ugh, get my stinky sister out of here. It's literally a year. <laughs> a year difference. Yeah. Um. <coughs> well, I think it's okay. Yeah. Go on. Uh, I was hearing about your um, uncle Kenny. Uncle Kenny. I, I think it's funny to hear name. about like um, 
I just couldn't track the relations. <laughs> um, it, it's funny when you're a kid and you, the older generation is there and they exist and you know them. And then years later you learn all the petty shit they think about each other. And it's like, oh yeah, <laughs> to them, to each other, they're all just like teenagers still. Like they all, yeah. they've all known each other their whole lives. Yeah. They're all same shit, different day. My <laughs> uncle, the same one who told me that story, who's a nice guy and like, and is, uh, he was like, I guess he was a little drunk at this like Thanksgiving. Then he he didn't shit on my mom at all, but he definitely was letting me know the nature of their brother sister relationship, which mm-hmm. is that he was the oldest, she was the next oldest, but she was favored. Mm-hmm. She was like better at school, more confident, and so she went to college and he didn't. And like the dad, my grandfather was really hard on him and strict, but but adored my mother. And Paul loved my, they got along, but that still makes it a little, there's jealousy going on there. And there's yeah, like resentment yeah, that never that goes away. It's hard to totally let go of that. My sister, uh, yeah, my sister and I, I, I that for I, sure. And I could hear it. I mean, I, I, I totally understood it. I actually mm-hmm. kind of loved hearing it. Mm-hmm. People were sort of like, after my mom died, sort of nervous about saying anything bad. I mean, I understand why, but like. I I want to know what she was like, and maybe yeah. maybe she was a little. I don't know if this would be true. Maybe she was smug to him. Yeah, you know, maybe she didn't appreciate how much he was getting shit on. Yeah, and how he's the only boy in a family of five kids, four younger sisters, but he was emasculated constantly by these <laughs> four sarcastic Canadians who like kind of didn't respect him. But <laughs> it probably sucked at some point for that. I mean, he's a sweet guy, but that's like. That's not without some cost. I don't know. I li- I like hearing. Oh, what, you know, what was it like when you guys were growing up? And that, yeah, and that's the the piece of her. That's that's the life that didn't yeah. overlap with yours. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's so good to. I don't know. I like hearing about that stuff. I like. It's so rare when I meet anybody who knows her that if anybody's got stories, like I'm into it. Yeah. My her cousin, which I guess is my first cousin once removed, and an aunt essentially mailed me some letters that my mother had written her. Uh, and they were like pretty non-remarkable letters. They were just sort of like whatever was going on yeah, in the day, but though. they're precious. They're yeah. so, it's like, oh, this is the way she spoke. Yeah. There's no recordings ever or movies ever. Yeah. So if I get just like, it's oh, weird. Wow, it's this... like you don't think you need recordings of your parents. Yeah. I... I mean, I was around them so much, and yeah. and I, and I have all these videos that I sometimes like get really mad at myself, which yeah. is unreasonable. <laughs> but like, um, you know, I'll look back at videos that they're in, and maybe I I was just getting Amelia in it or something, yeah. and they're just their legs are in it, and I want it, and I'm like, pull up the camera, I, like, I oh, want to yeah, see them, yeah. I want to see them. Why did yeah, I get them? But why? But why would I? Yeah, <laughs> I see them all the time. Yeah. I, I like with Amelia. It was it's the mindset of like I'm never gonna get this time again. Little did I know I was never gonna get time with them again. Yeah, either. Um, so I I can be a little hard on myself in terms of that. But you, yeah. So anybody listening to this who still has their parents, <laughs> get those. Don't don't delete the voicemails. <laughs> uh, I mean, you can't go through life that way. You can't go through life you like can't, wait. yeah. You can go too far the other way. Don't for go sure. too far. But but you know, make sure you got make sure you have pictures with your parents and stuff. You're getting ready to wrap up, right? I'm going to read you one thing. Okay. So my dad's mother died when he was six. Dead parents, right? This still falls under dead parents. This, well, this is in the category. I'll let it slide. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so he didn't really know her either, right? He mm-hmm. he he knew her sisters. He's got real vague, very vague, foggy memories of her, but he basically doesn't know his mom. Mm-hmm. But So I was going through his things at some point. I don't remember why or how. And I found a postcard from my grandmother to my grandfather. So my dad's mom, like mm-hmm. who nobody knows. And this is what it is. This is She wrote this to him before they were married. Okay. So this is okay. Dear Brad, uh, may I take this time to tell you I'm sorry? I've been wanting to say it for some time, but by your silence, I thought you'd rather I didn't. Can't we be friends? I do like your company and friendship. Call me Friday if I am forgiven, Bernice. That's so sweet. And I'm like, what happened? What did he cheat? What did she do? I uh, think, yeah, I think she did something. Yeah, she did something. And he was like, oh, I'm walking away from this. <laughs> and she's trying to get him back. Oh, but that's like, sweet. On so, a postcard as well. On a postcard, and it got saved. Yeah, like yeah. he saved it. So yeah. like it must, and there wasn't a, there wasn't like anything else. So like this must have meant something, right? It must have been like a turning point. Yeah, 
I mean, yeah, it must. I mean, if he they would, get together and have two kids. Yeah. Um, uh, also, um, briefly, uh, this is. Do you think about the fact that your dad lost his mother at a young age? Yeah. And then watched his kids yeah. lose theirs like because you want to protect your kids yeah. obviously we can't but we want to protect our kids from yeah. the tra- from trauma and especially if it's the trauma that we experienced yeah i and do th- i do think he thought about that yeah i mean in, in I mean, terms I think it's of his probably avoidance, why he shut down i think it was just like the worst thing ever happened. yeah that's the the thing that yeah. like probably i mean as you know because you yeah. went through it this is a thing that like made up who you would become and, yeah. and and is this sort of gray cloud that makes you unrelatable to a lot of the Europe peers as you're yeah. growing um, and makes even sleepovers and parent teacher conference nights weird. Yeah. Um, and, and, and then it happened to you guys. Yeah. Yeah, I th- it's fucked. It freaking sucks. Yeah, it freaking sucks, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's a good place to end. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for coming on. My pleasure. Thanks, everybody. Hello, my sweet little angels. This is Brie Helders. Thank you so much for listening to My Dead Parents, hosted by me and produced by Julia Meltzer. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts and keep with us on Instagram at My Dead Parents. If you have any questions or input, you can also email us at mydeadparentspodcast at gmail.com. Bye. Hey guys, I'm Stevie Nelson. And I'm Dave Horowitz. And we're the hosts of I Burn Everything. It's a podcast about food and relationships, which, you know, if we're being honest, are two out of the three things people want to talk about anyway. What's the third thing? Netflix. Okay. We'd like you to rate, review, and subscribe if you like it. Anywhere you listen to your podcast, Apple, iPod. Stitcher. Do you still have iPods? <laughs> <laughs> if you have an iPod, do it on an iPod. I don't know. If you have a Zune, do it on your it's Zune. probably hard to even charge them now. Yeah, good luck. And if you have a Tamagotchi, you can't do any of this. Yeah, you can't stream audio on a Tamagotchi, but you you can feed them. Yeah, you still so keep feed feeding those it. little buggers. They're hungry. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Campfire. <laughs>